Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. Hello, I'm Dave Cohen. And with us is our producer Katie. Hello. And we are at the Craft of Comedy uh, Writing Festival thing conference. in conference in Landudno, mm-hmm. and it is very exciting to be here. And um, so we are doing theoretically a podcast live in front of an audience. And just to prove it, hooray! Hello, audience. Mm-hmm. Woo! 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 <laughs> that was a good noise because it made them sound like there are more of them than there actually yeah, are. Yeah. So uh, these are a great audience. This is uh, very exciting. Mm. And what is even more exciting is we have an absolute top-notch Class A, Grade A guest in uh, Ian Martin, who we'll speak to in a moment. Um, and uh, we'll get on to that in a sec. Is there anything, Dave, what, how are you having a nice time at this festival? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really interesting, and uh, I did. Um, th- this is kind of relevant to a lot of uh, what we've been talking about uh, recently. I, I did a, a, a thing where I get people to uh, come up with sketches, and um, I did it last year on my own. And uh, this year I did it with Ruth Bratt of Todd and Bratt, who and Ruth recently uh, was uh, one of the uh, winners of the Olivier Award for a best show with the Showstoppers. And Ruth's approach to sketch writing. Uh, is completely uh, different to our approach. We started, uh, James and I started on shows like um, Weekending on Radio 4, and there's a very specific way that you write a sketch, and it has a beginning, a middle, and end, and the, the, the story. And Whereas people like uh, Todd and Brat and uh, Showstoppers, everything starts with improvisation. And this is how, uh, this is kind of a change that's happening now as well in sitcom world, where you get more sitcoms that are writer-performer-led rather than writer-led. And uh, I went to the talk where they were talking about Car Share as well. And, and Car Share was a, a sitcom that kind of was that they was partly improvised. So um, that's kind of... Um, that, that's, that we, we were able to create sketches with using the writing formula for writing sketches, but also having Ruth there to help people come up with ideas to how do you create sketches out of improvisation so sign of the times really it is a sign of the times and just an observation and we can ask Ian about this in a moment is that for some reason if something's improvised it's automatically deemed to be better than if it had been written in advance beforehand and I don't know why that is because whenever anything is even quasi improvised in my experience journalists and entertainment people always really magnify the improvisedness of it mm. and that's something that I think they've done with the thick of it quite a lot is that they love the idea of the actors just coming up with it and I don't know why uh I don't what, what is it about uh is it about our culture or our media or something that we almost require you know, you know, for example it's part of the same thing where writer performers they don't really ever mention the writers and we just want you know everyone wants Miranda to have been written by Miranda and it wasn't because other writers are credited on it, including me. And she's not trying to imply that there are no writers. And she's, you know, she's mentioned other writers in interviews. And those references have been subsequently removed by the sub editors or whatever because they like the idea that it's all her. Is it some form of hero worship or something? Well, what, what is this? I suppose it's a, it is a problem because the, the point about an improvised show is when you go and see an improvised show, there is a sort of, there is that kind of element of excitement that the audience has, which is 
oh, anything could happen. And the fact is, you've got a bunch of professional performers there. But, I mean, when we started with, with the comedy store players originally, uh, and we, we would sort of learn how to do techniques for sort of getting uh, improvisations to work and things. But um, Paul, Paul Merton, who was also one of the original people, he didn't do any of that stuff. But he just he didn't follow the rules. He didn't join in any of the sketches. He just stood at the back. And we'd all be kind of working, trying to come up with stuff. And then Paul would just say something, and that would be the funniest thing mm. in the sketch. And we'd go, oh, there we're we going to end the sketch there. Yeah, right. we're not going to top that. No one's going to say anything yeah. funnier than that. Yeah, yeah. And so there is that, and that kind of, that was the element that was in, brought into Have I Got News mm. for You, and how, you know, how people were excited about the idea that it was, it's all improvised, and which is why there was such a fuss when... Boris Johnson said, oh, it's not all improvised, it's all scripted, which, of course, isn't true. It's just the, 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 the chairman's script is scripted, yeah. but the rest of it was. And it kind of tainted the show almost yeah. to suggest that it was that there were writers on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So there is, it's that sort of danger element, isn't it? And, I, I and, guess... so, and also, so, so there are writers on it. Who cares? <sighs> to me, the audience don't, shouldn't really care. Like, Mock the Week has got lots of stuff written for it. And obviously loads of the games, so-called, are set up so that stand-ups can do bits of their material. Mm. And if you're being really purist about it, you can sort of say, well, that's not, you know, that's cheating. But the audience don't care. They just want to, they've just, they're tired. Mm. They've been at work and they'd like to laugh now. Um, so let's have some really funny people think about it in advance and then record, you know, and then do it. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very odd thing. Well, um, I don't know. Is it for a commissioning editor? Who would you rather be? Kind of sitting around? Would you sit, sitting around a bunch of bunch of writers? Oh yeah, no, know? sure, yeah. Or some big shot name performer who you know knows how to kind of yeah. make it feel good. Oh, I'm I'm in the room with this Funny star, guy. you know. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's what it's to do <clears> with. Well, why don't we um, crack straight into um, talk to somebody who actually has experience of this? Um, so uh, we're mm -hmm. going to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Martin. What's the language policy on this? The language policy <laughs> is fine. Oh. It's uh, it's it's not a BBC show, so you can say whatever the hell yeah. you like. I say fuck. You can say fuck, and yep. it's fine. Um, my mum's not listening either, so that's fine. That was one of the that's one of the bad things when Blue Stadium came out. She's like, I spent all that money on your education, and you and you write something like that. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a sign of a wasted education, is it? To uh, to write sweary. I well, jokes. I think so. Mm. I was interested in what you just said, Dave, about the about the notion that have I got news was tainted somehow by the revelation that there were <coughs> writers or some of it scripted because it, it, do you really feel that that was the case because i just i don't know how much we're in a bubble i think people are somehow more cynically aware than hmm. perhaps we give them credit for a lot of the time i'm not sure i think i think i, I think people kind of knew I would rephrase it. I think mm. it was Bo Boris felt that he would discredit the show oh, totally. by oh, saying that it was written because yes. he got stitched up on the show. Yeah, it was, it a was him fighting yeah. back. And yeah, he yeah, did very well out of the show at the same time. Oh, he is, God, you know, he yeah. a lot of his political career, I would say, is down to him actually performing well on that show in yeah. his own bizarre grown-up schoolboy Billy Bunter. He is himself Bunter, the, the great, kind of yeah, the great artifice, isn't he? I mean, mm. he's a great thatched wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you really yeah. think, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, <laughs> he's, managed, he's managed to sail through 
God knows how many scandals with his todger up the nanny, and uh, <laughs> somehow somehow comes out the other side as mayor of fucking London. It's, it's a, incredible, isn't it? It's kind a fantastic. Of a disgrace, yeah. I think you'll all agree. The grace. Uh, <laughs> Great scene in Outnumbered when they have a, the German exchange student yes. comes to stay and he's talking to the the, the kids and, and he's saying yes I love your I love your British comedy I love your British comedians I love the guy was it Ricky Gervais fantastic really and who's the other guy who's the other funny guy the blonde guy uh, well no no I don't know you know he's funny he's on the news program and he talks about oh, 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 uh, Boris Boris Johnson no, no he's not a comedian yeah 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 he's comedian he is your funniest <laughs> he's your funniest comedian. Oh. No, lovely life. Yeah, it's, it's, but do you feel um, when they were when the when the press like to talk about how improvised the thick of it is? Yeah, does that occasionally make? Because obviously you very much like and respect your cast, and you don't want to weigh in and say, "Do you know how much of that is actually written?" You don't have to without doing them down. But how no. does that make you feel? I mean, I, as I as I, as I keep saying, I am just I'm just a, I am just a surf in the serfdom. I am just I am just a click in the clockwork here. The process itself is much bigger, and also, uh, I thought Armando Arm, Armando has always been very good about crediting writers, and why would he not? It's a writer-led show, um, and it was a standing joke, you know, that you just make it up. I mean, the yeah. cast the cast will be endlessly ribbed, you know. Yeah. What have you got for us this week? Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, but he he never failed to to credit the, the writers but on the other hand i mean you look at you look at the takes that were on script you look at the takes that, that made it into the cut mm. and the ones where they roughed it up which is what it's all about it's not improvisation mm. is it it's a, it's about roughing up the script that's there so that it's free-flying and making it look real it was the whole p purpose of that and with v was to g give us give a sense that this might actually really genuinely be happening yeah, hmm. yeah, and it, it works. It really does. It really does come across. But it only it only gets there because you've you've done all the scaffolding. Totally, as, as I was saying earlier. I mean, the the hardest stuff to write is the is the stuff that feels as though it's just being thrown away, and you, and and that's the, that's the stuff you end up writing and writing and writing, and then just getting someone to do it eighteen times, and you just pick the the loosest one and bosh. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Right. And when you're in the edit as well, you can just look like, well, whatever's funniest wins. You're not really keeping track of who did what. It was interesting that somebody asked you a question in that session earlier, which was sadly not recorded, um, about... Um, I would have been more you, indiscreet. I didn't know it wasn't being recorded. Can you remember... <laughs> um, maybe it was, but it wasn't recorded for us. Um, <laughs> can you you know, can you know, remember who wrote what and that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah. And in one sense, once you're in and writing stuff, I write, you know, I wrote Blue Summer with this other guy, and occasionally I would say, God, I love that joke. That's a really funny joke. And Richard would say, You wrote that joke. Yeah. Really? I, I don't think I did. <laughs> no, no, you definitely did. Yeah. And the, but you can only have that once you've got collaboration and trust, totally. and actually some degree of affection as well. Of course. Because um, you spoke very highly of, especially uh, Jesse Armstrong, Tony Roach, and uh, Simon uh, Blackwell. Um, Simon Blackwell, who was, I think, one of the nicest men in human history. Um, what is it that? So you just just go go back. Um, so you were writing a, a you were writing for sort of architecture building magazines, mm. uh, and also running a little satirical website, mm. um, and were writing a very sweary version of Hansard. Yes. Um, yeah. And that was and that and we, do you know do you have an idea how many people were what were, were looking at that website? Are we so I was just. 
I'm trying to remember. I'm scuttling down in those days. You got your, you got the the visitor figures once a week from wherever it was. Claire, Clara sounds, sounds so quaint, doesn't it? Clarinet or um, home, was it Homestead at one yeah. point as well? Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I used to go down to the cellar and we get 150, maybe 200 uh, visitors. This is around the turn of the century. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then as I was saying, I mean, then Armando uh, had been sent the link and liked it, liked what we were doing, particularly liked the hands hard late thing with the sweary. Uh, Scottish bastard <laughs> at the centre, um, and yeah, became became a regular reader. But of course, that was before Twitter. He couldn't tweet. Hey, everybody, you got to no, go and really, see this. No, he really couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I pine for the days. I pine for the. I don't I, like everybody else. I think everyone. I think everyone I know now is just kind of as, asphyxiating themselves in their, in their own. Twitter farts. I mean, I just think the whole thing now is just suffocatingly bad, and I keep, I keep, I keep wanting permanently want to leave Twitter because I think it's outstayed its welcome. And you sort of have to, everybody has to have it for work now, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah. And I think the fact that everyone has to have it for work now is the thing that's killed it. Yeah, mm. is the thing that makes it less. Mm. But what's interesting, so going back, so you were writing um, mm. funny. Uh, satirical stuff you're also writing trade stuff mm. as well and then you were invited to take part in uh, some stuff that Armando was doing uh, gash at first on channel yeah 4. exactly it was it was it was gash I remember going to see him for the first time with um, David Tyler the producer in what the fuck was it that place um, a lucky no what was it it's a little basement yeah, room. what was it, what, what was it called though? What was the production company? It was a talkback. Talkback, of course, yeah. idiot. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, did some one-liners for Gash. I tell you, was it John? What's his name? John Oliver. Holmes. Oh, John Oliver. John Oliver was yeah. he doing Gash? Yeah. Yeah. What's happened to that guy? <laughs> he was. Uh, he was. He was doing. I did was... a radio sitcom with him a long time ago. I've never yeah. heard from him yeah. since. I know. Yeah. <laughs> never return your calls. Do never return your calls. But then, um, so then you you were doing sort of one-liners and that kind of thing, and then you got onto doing the similar sort of job for the thick of it, in terms of embellishing the script. Yeah, it what? wasn't. I didn't call myself a swearing consultant. It was Armando, and yeah. I think it was a part of the th he. He wanted it as a as a kind of thing, you know, yeah. that they had a they brought in a, a swearing consultant, which is a lovely hook. You can totally see why it's they a fantastic did it. badge to wear yeah. and one I wore with pride. Although I have to say, as all the other writers were at pains to say, they too wrote swearing, <laughs> and also that I mean I'm, they were at less pains to say that you know I wrote other things apart from yeah. for apart apart from swearing. So it was it was unfair to them. On the other hand, you know they they were hugely uh, fated um, and I was just some flailing wanker on the outside just putting in putting in swearing well I, I, I'm interested in terms of you know the people who, who listen to our podcast and who you know haven't been doing comedy since they were five years old necessarily mm. and so you kind of you, you, you came to this um, sort of world quite quite late on Can I you... did I was 50 before I got a, a TV credit really really mm. And so you were still. When when did you give up your day job then? Oh, I'm not sure. I, mean, there, I had several. I mean, you know, I was a yeah. I was a I was a musician and I was a journalist and and there were various combinations of percentage shifts of doing this rather than that and um, 
uh, and so on. But I, yeah, I mean, I was still doing, I was still doing, I was still doing my architectural column all the way through. I remember getting up at like, I'd do it at 3 a.m. in in LA when we're doing Veep. I mean, I had to do it. It's just mm. obsessive thing. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I haven't missed a week, you know, in 26 years. And I, I owe it to, I owe so much, this little, silly little sarcastic column. <laughs> but you were, but were you ever in that sort of time in your kind of twenties and thirties and forties yeah. and and you know comedy was happening and comedy was becoming quite a big thing all through the eighties and nineties. Yes, were you it was. Sort of watching stuff, thinking well, I could I, do I better. Could, I could do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, yeah. we went to, went to, you know, we used to go to the comedy store and mm-hmm. um, and and see all the guys. Langham was there, and you know, all mm-hmm. sorts of people were there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole crew. Right. Were there thinking, yeah, this is great. This is, this is great. But no, it didn't cross my mind that I'd write it. Right. I was in a band. I mean, you don't, you know. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who needs who needs the new rock and roll if you're already doing rock and exactly. roll? Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm interested that uh, going from the writing one-liners and um, uh, consulting on scripts to okay, you're going to write an episode. Yeah, that was exciting. That was really exciting. How um, after you change your trousers? How would you, what did you then do? How did you go about, you know, and what sort of, what sort of lessons were you learning quickly? What, what was harder than you thought? What was easier than you thought when it came Everything to... was harder. <laughs> Every single thing was, was harder because it's, it's tougher. The more responsibility you have, you know, it's tough. It, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I don't, I, I'm, it's like the scouts or the cubs or whatever. You know, I mean, I'd never made it past a sixer or or whatever the fuck they're called. You know, I was a whatever supervising producer. Right. That's as high as I got in the in the. It's as high as I wanted to go. I didn't want to be an exec producer because I've seen I've I've seen people after a few months and what it does to them. It kills people. Mm. That stuff. Um, sorry, in, I forgot yeah, the question. What, in terms what was of like, so yeah, so yeah. you so but you already knew uh, Jesse and Tony and Simon. As we mentioned I learned before. everything from them. And what, what, did you, what, what did you learn? What, what did them? you learn from them? I just the, the structure, uh, um, how to, how to write. You know, I was given these scripts. I'd never seen a comedy script until I saw the first script, uh, uh, of series one of uh, of the thick of it. And and then we weren't even working in final draft people mm. at home yeah. it was all just whatever the fuck yeah it was word document uh, RTF was it they sent around a scroll on a horse <laughs> it was all, and all the all, all the ads and notes were in that kind of yeah, um, yeah. track changes you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's all it all seems very sort of primitive now but it was a real crash course because you had these brilliant genius fucking writers and there you were seeing how it was done initially just stare. I just remember the first two days, really, just staring at the script, be it having been asked yeah. to. I think you know, find find places to improve this yeah. uh, glittering, yeah. lovely thing. I had no idea. So really. trying to get a word in edgeways at a really posh dinner Why party. You He's just like, well, what do I? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, don't, that. Don't ask me. Jesse, I think yeah. Jesse's script. Yeah. What the fuck, the fuck do I think I am? Yeah, trying to yeah. think of a better joke than Jesse Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, you, it's that really. Yeah, yeah. But the, I tell you, the, I tell you the, the the point at which I I got the idea of um, of what script writing yeah. was. I tell you, I can, I can I can tell you the exact moment. It was the yes no moment. And I think it was in a script by Tony Roach, and it was character parenthesis yes dialogue no. So you knew we knew that he was lying yeah um and 
I thought, oh, you can do that. That's a really, that's a really interesting thing to yeah. to be able to do because that transcends what you would normally yeah. do in writing. So the yes no thing for me that was the that unlocked the whole idea of script writing. Right. The 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 contract you enter with the with the reader of the script. Yes. As opposed to the to the to the watcher of the thing. Yeah. So you're in the little club. You're in the writer's club. Yeah. That was the moment. That's important, isn't it? Because I think some people, especially in a, a world where trying to be a script writer is quite a big deal, and the only power you have is over the script rather than the finished product, because mm. there's no real prospect of the thing being made, you know, in, in, in one sense. People tend to be very perfectionist about scripts, but actually you were thrown in the deep end with yes. scripts that were being made. Yes. And this is just a document so that everyone knows what to say next and how to say it. And also you were much more exposed because as I say, everything was track changes. So everybody knew who said what. Yeah. You could see, oh look, Jesse's done. Yeah. And yeah. Simon and yeah. yeah, totally. And so when it comes to approaching a script, I mean either back then or even now, mm. are you someone who uh, tends to go towards the character? Are you a story person? Do you think of events? Do you think of some killer jokes and how to get to them and out of them? Just as a starting point, even though those jokes often end up, you know, because it is a very, I think your show in particular really churns through draft after draft after draft. Which you mean Veep or? Veep, uh, but also the thick of it, it sounds yeah, like you were, you were making process, a yeah. ton of stuff that yeah, you were totally. then just chucking away. Totally. I remember um, the script editor on, on Thick of It and it was, it, and, and it was uh, you know, like series three. And she had, she had, she and she, she was keeping, she was keeping notes of all the um, amendments, all the alts, and the file was like this, that thick. Yeah. Um, and we were halfway through. But you do, you'd be two apps on, and you do an alt for a for a joke, and you'd send it to arm, and you know you'd be you'd spend this is like twelve hours of your life, you'd be doing all these alts and sticking in a new scene introducing a new b story or whatever you're doing and you just go through it like yeah, no, no, yeah good yeah no 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 done and um you think oh fuck that's yeah that's like burning that's like a, that's like a firework going off you yeah, know what i mean yeah. it's all that twisting and packing and everything bang it's gone yeah but um oh, I forgot no not at all i was gonna no, forget what i was gonna say the the the, the <laughs> I have actually forgotten what I was going to say. We're there thinking about whether you're do. thinking about the jokes and the the amount of script. You had a script editor who was keeping all the alts and stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. The point is, the point is that one thing that he's got a natural gift that he has is memory. Right. Mm. So two episodes on, you would write a joke or a story. I'm going to say joke, just a silly joke. And you say no, we can't do that because we did that in. Um, Episode three, hmm. scene four, yeah. when so and so says, and he would, would remember all the stuff. Yeah, right. And I looked at that thing like that, think, thinking he knows yeah. every fucking line that's in. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I mean, because we we often uh, on Blues Ten we refer to a no joke left behind policy, <laughs> where sometimes we think, oh, that's a really good joke, and we've chucked it here. Um, oh, we could do that joke here again. Uh, yeah. yeah, and again. Um, Oh, you never cut it. Get away you, just, with it? you just got Did a you new file. Yeah, I think you? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never yeah. got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, away. it's more kind of stuff that we've had in a scene that now we no longer need, and we think, oh, there's a good joke in there. Let's mm. just keep in there. Let's just let's just have that. It's sort of one or two jokes per series. You know, it's mm. not it's not a regular thing. But um, if it's if it's but for you, 
uh, going back to the original question, do you tend to think in terms of oh, what's yeah. happening this week, or I want to do an episode about uh, you know this kind of thing, or in all in all in in Veep and thick of it, the the outline of the story, the outline of the whole series story for right. everybody, um, is set before we obviously before right, we okay. before we start writing episodes. But for example, it can cha it changes and evolves. For example, in season, in sorry, season in series four, in season in series four, I had uh, I really had X three. Now I had this guy. I thought I'd have this guy in a tent with Mister Tickle. Oh yeah, uh, Armando wanted to call him Mister Tickle. Was a funny name, uh, but it was it was a it was a, a storyline about. Um, um, PFI um, buying up and, and then disposing of uh, <coughs> publicly owned assets, which you know obviously is tearing along now. Um, but then that because we were doing Veep at the same time, we're doing the first series of Veep at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that story, that story, I thought it was quite good. But then it was, it was, it suddenly became the story for you know that story spread across the. Um, uh, uh, the series, so that's changed the shape of everything, and then everything. I mean, everything changes from week to week anyway. But your question specifically was mm. about the starting point. So the starting yeah. point is you're in the grid. The starting point is you're in the grid. You've got to get from A to B in that episode. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it works that you just because it's so it's so much going on. That you have to anchor yourself by saying, "Okay, well, in this episode, it's essentially we're slinging around three sit downs with Nicola." Okay, yeah. so Nicola's sitting down with the headmaster. She's sitting down with uh, Malcolm Tucker. She's sitting down with Mannion. Those three things, and these are key points where the the plot's shifting. So, if you keep in your head, that's got to happen, and by then she's got to have done this, and he, you know, all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you do that. Sometimes it's just knocking out you know a to b to c to d um the story run depends yeah so yeah i guess that's an unusual one in that it is quite serialized in that sense so yeah the it writers is, are yeah. it's all it's all it's probably more like writing soap actually in that sense rather than you have six episodes and your 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 prize clown character has to fail in a different way this yeah. week how's he going to do it hot air balloon um, yeah well there <laughs> it's, you go it's, um, it's interesting how with um doing shows that are, are topical I mean when you when you're writing for a show like have I got news or mock the week or whatever you're reading the newspapers here's this story and here is this joke about that story but a show like uh, thick of it and it's interesting because I was rereading the uh, yes minister diaries uh, recently and uh, chapter one of the yes minister diary is where he becomes prime minister yeah and and it was just around the time of the labor leadership thing and it, and, and it, the parallels were absolutely spot on and then chapter two was about they were replacing polaris with trident yes sir, and I remember. chapter two was just and written in 1986 <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't believe that i was just reading the stuff that was just all in the papers but i'm just thinking how when you're kind of coming up with a something for a topical show that's not going to go out for another six months year or whatever how you kind yeah. of um well there was a lot yeah there were i mean in the last series it was incredible i don't know if you remember 
but we were hitting it out of the park every week. Every week, there'd be a story in the thick yeah, of it, which the, we'd written, I mean, months the, in advance. Uh, the bank, and the then, green bank or something. Yeah, that was my bank. Oh, right. and, then, um, <laughs> and then bloody Vince Cable stole it from me in his sleep. Yeah, it was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Came out on the on, on, on every time, because it, it went out on a Saturday night, mm. uh, and there'd be a story in the Observer the following morning. I mean, this not just like every now and then, six weeks on the spin. Right. It was incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible. Breakfast Club stuff and everything. It's mm. incredible, and it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not that incredible because you've got, the, you've got essentially the same process mm. going on in two separate rooms. There's a writer's room here and a wonky room here full of policy makers. And they're both thinking, okay, what could a government do that's got no fucking money mm. to make itself look as Rele though it's relevant, doing something. Yeah, helpful. It's busy yeah. And, and useful, but without any capital implications whatsoever. And they've come in, they're coming to exactly the same conclusions as we. It's they, well, it's, it's making it, yes. it up. They <laughs> had the same thought processes because they all went to the same universities and same education yeah. and read the same books and listened to the same radio and watched the same TV. And I suppose that's, uh, you know... Well, I'm not part of that elitist fucking crew, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I am proud to say, I remember this, there was this dinner in New York when we were all sitting around and uh, uh, Frank Rich, the, uh, the producer, was asking all the... Asking, you know where everyone went after school and it was going around the writers and it was you know ppe oxford and uh yeah english oxford and, uh history in english uh, cambridge and it got to me and it was porter in a uh, hospital and i was really i was really i was really proud of that thanks yeah, very much don't yeah. try and tie me in with any fucking elitist <laughs> bullshit thanks okay. porter which college were you yeah that's right porter college the porter know. house actually porter house. Yeah. yeah 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 uh we've probably got uh in a moment we've probably got time for questions um if you want to think of a, a question uh that you can ask um but the other thing i was going to ask sorry is a bit of an aside is is was there stuff uh growing up um, that you particularly admired when you were watching, or were you ever aware of stuff being on TV that was written, were you, or were you just consuming? You like mean when else? I was like very young? Well, 10, 15, you know, all that kind of stuff. When Loved Ralph, Har Ralph Harris. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was sort of Jim, will, Jim will fix it. That was a, that was, that was a lot. All those you tree. I mean, you know, I know they got a bad rep now, but they didn't have to make you laugh. They were they? they were entertainers. They were family entertainers. <laughs> I mean, you know, not just mum and dad, but the little ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they were great. They full full spectrum. <laughs> Larry Sanders, I mean, yeah. you know, life changing, and 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 you know, um, I'm always said that the kind of the pitch for thick of it was was yes, minister meets mm. Larry Sanders. It was still yeah. to me what it feels like. It does. But Larry mm. Ch Sanders changed, just rewired us. I think the day to day rewired us. The, those two, mm. those two for yeah. me. Yeah. And I, but I wasn't, you know, I'd grown out of Rolf Harris. Oh, by then, yeah. I was I was old, you know. Yeah, and you were less interesting to him by then as well. <laughs> Much less interesting. I've never been interesting to anybody, even as a child. I'm happy to say. Um, yeah, no, I think that Larry that Larry Sanders thing is weird. It is obviously, you know, very sad. Mm. To... And and kind of the, the the Gary Shandling show before it. Yeah, yeah. Like the, was that subverting of the of, of the yeah. uh, you know com comedy comedy about comedy kind of thing, which hadn't really been done. 
I was talking to Simon nice. Evans over Twitter actually the other day, and he 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 was blown away by um, by by Larry Sanders. It really it really kind of disturbed him and upset him because he thought he couldn't he couldn't disengage his brain from thinking it was, the backstage stuff was actually happening. I mean, he knew mm. at an intellectual level that it, you know he was watching fiction, mm. but his all his senses were telling him that it was real. I love that. Yeah. Mm. It was very mm. skillful. Yeah. Um, have you got any more questions while we uh, see if anyone here has a question? Does anyone here have a question? Yeah. Or is there going to be a stunned silence? I find it hard to believe that Jed. I like stunned silence. Si yeah. si let's everyone be quiet. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's feel the embarrassment seeping in. Yeah, so you've got a question. I'll, I'll ask quite a generic question. What, would, um, what advice would you give to aspiring writers starting up? Now. What for what, nothing? What advice would you give to start aspiring artists starting it now for the benefit of the tape? As it were? Just and you, you have to be. I know it sounds. I know it sounds facile, but you have to be writing. As soon as you stop writing, uh, uh, you're no longer a writer. Until you start writing, you cannot become a writer. You have to be writing every day. I mean, every fucking day. If you if you if you're serious about being a writer, because you only get better. You can't get worse. If you write every day, you cannot possibly get worse. I don't know what else to do, and just just resilience and stamina. Really, you just got to keep going. Some fluky, some fluky chance will just fall into your lap, and you'll be it'll be brilliant. But you have to keep going. Have you? Uh, I mean, could you imagine working, trying to work on shows, being a sort of gag writer on on shows that you're you know like part of a team or would you want to do that kind of thing do you think yes i mean i've done you know i mean since since we all stepped our feet i've been doing all sorts of weird things mm. that i noticed been going around as gossip <laughs> that was supposed to be quiet uh, all, sorts of, all sorts of weird gigs yeah you do yeah i mean mm. i do and i do i you know i can i'm perfectly capable of doing whorish things mm. if the if the if if the fee's right because why the fuck wouldn't you i'm a i'm a mm. i'm a writer yeah. No. Not a bloody saint. Yeah, but, but also I'm, you don't you yeah. don't carry the can for the final product no. of what you're writing for. No, if you're you keep your name off it, it, mate. Keep, <laughs> no, if you keep your name off it, yeah. get your age, get an agent, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Do all sorts of shit they won't ever know about, <laughs> except apparently the craft of comedy conference in Clandidno. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, I think just writing. I think just keeping writing and improving your craft as a writer is something that isn't. I don't think ever emphasised enough because I think people still think of you write a script and that is effectively your lottery ticket. Oh, the, and then you get to be a writer. Um, and actually, it's just it's a career. It's not a it's not a competition. If you could, if you write something and just and you're, uh, you're so pleased with it, you cannot possibly comprehend that, that giving it to someone and they would just wipe their ass with it because it is just <laughs> rubbish. Then I don't think you're cut out to be a writer. You've got to be prepared, really, to to write to to to, to, to just keep writing until you become unignorable. Until someone until someone has to give you a gig because you're you're too good you're too good not to not to not to get the gig. But you can only do. I mean, I just sounds it's, and I keep saying it, it sounds facile, isn't it? You can only do that if you keep writing. Yeah. You have to write every day. Yeah. It's a big thing. And you can also only keep writing because you are a writer and you have to write and you want to write. 
Um, and I think, in one sense, I think, again, people like the idea of being a writer. I think I might give that a go. Yeah. Right, the writing. Yeah. I could do, I might have a go at the well, writing. What was that? that um, I think, was it 60% of people in that sort of Guardian survey, survey said that they said, their preferred job be would be yeah, author. Because they've got a novel up them. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> we know exactly where that novel yeah. is. Yeah. Well, um, we've all been there. Yeah, various where the novel is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. already written mine. It's already failed, so I've got that out of my system at least. Get flushed yeah. through. I mean, one thing actually, I did want to ask you because uh, you, 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 I'd say from what I know of your writing, you, you come from a, you, you've got a very sort of uh, individualistic worldview, which not ev not many writers have, and it's not something that necessarily fits into the world of comedy writing. Right. We do have people who uh, just just walk into a, a, a Mock of the Week or Buzzcock show or something and they'll, yeah, okay, here's, here's 10 funny gags about uh, Kanye West. Here's 10 funny yeah. gags about uh, David Cameron, Tax Haven, whatever. I mean, does that, do, do, you, do you, you talk about it as whoring, but does, that, does it kind of come easier to you or? or um, is it easier for me because I have an I individualistic? Just, well, I think view. I, I sort of think more. Do you, you know? Do you, can you fit into that sort of environment? Do, do do you find that sort of fairly straightforward then? Or, or yeah, I mean, if I mean, if if for whatever reason someone were to say, Ian, I need ten gags about Kanye West by five o'clock. Right. I would do them. I could. I could come up with them. Right. And you know, I would have to believe that they're better than yours. Otherwise, what's the what's the, you know? And we yeah. both do that, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. We both think that we could come up with, yeah. and we could pitch it to the room, and we we say, yeah, they're gonna. Mine's gonna be better. Well, <laughs> I think what it is is more and more shows, you know, as, as less sitcoms are being made and more writer performer panel type things are being made. So you know, I, I suppose it's more about you know, could you do. 10 jokes for Mickey Flanagan about um, getting up in the morning. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I could do that. I'd have a bash, though. I'd have yeah. a go. I'd have a mm -hmm. right old go. <laughs> Good. You yeah. know, and mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel it was beneath me or anything. Mm -hmm. if, that, if that's what if, is that what you mean? Yeah. I, well, I, I, not, not that it's beneath you, but just just that the idea that um, you have a view that that's, you know, as I say, when when you get individual performers who have a view and occasionally you get an individual uh, writer who you know you get you get Simon Blackwell a Simon Blackwell script has has his his personality exactly on exactly it. but Whereas, then but, yeah. so I'm struggling to you know I, 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 I the question you're asking me seems to be the question you would ask any writer I mean not 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 me because I think every writer has to be individualistic to that extent mm. yeah. you have to be able to th say and arms, arms. You know, we we can't tell who's written what by the end. Yeah. But arm always prides himself on knowing who's. You know, if he's got a script that's gone round, yeah, he reckons he could tell who's done what. Right. I bet he can. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. a very strange mix of mm -hmm. of writers. Right. I think the collaboration process is something that again, people who are starting out tend to feel a little bit threatened by as well because it is you are effectively having to give away everything that you're. That you're writing and being rewritten, and you were saying, I think, yeah. just the sheer amount of rewriting yeah. you were saying on on yeah. V, particularly the episode that we've just watched, mm. had a whole different opening, 
Um, and if oh, I, the, and the whole just... thing was was ma- was massively massively. We went into a read through with that because Arm Arm was uh, Chris 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 was 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 mostly in charge of the. So Chris Moore was the director of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went into a read through, and it was eighty six pages long. Okay. And there was no way that you don't no, no way that that wouldn't be driven off a cliff because you can't. You can't. But then driving it. something off a cliff, watching it burn and smash to a million pieces, and then work out what to do next is the kind of drive that that, that makes makes people geniuses, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean. I mean, the air crash yeah. investigation of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so why did this yeah. fail? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That's great. We've got probably got time for one last quick question. If anybody's uh, got one, there's a stun. They have. Look, they're completely dead. They're, they're dead. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, there's no ideas out there at all. <laughs> yeah. They've got no interest in fucking comedy. I don't know why they're even in the room. <laughs> I'll tell you it's what. It's great. Oh, got, hello. Yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be, be been, fucking good. <laughs> you've been goaded into a question. <laughs> So what new comedy are you excited oh, about? I wish I, I, I mean, I, 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 I wish I knew how to um, respond to that. The, because, I, I mean, I wish I knew how to respond to that because I can't. My memory now is so bad that, that if I say if I if I find myself turning into that that like my I'm a grandfather, but I find myself turning into a grandfather because I say I say things. Who's that? Who's that black girl on on Radio Four Extra? Who does the um? You you'd know, wouldn't you? Um, I jo- uh, not Jocelyn. Jocelyn. She's great. Yeah, Jocelyn. Uh, yeah. Jocelyn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's really funny. Yeah. I mean, in terms of people who just make me laugh, which names I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but also, I don't. What what makes me laugh at the moment? Um, do you watch much comedy at home, or do you watch movies? Or do you watch? Just, or do you just read books? I'm just working. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just working and sleeping. I get up at four, four thirty, work. I'm in bed by nine. I, ju- I'm just a boring old grandpa. I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm just working. You could go to bed later and get up later. Or is that, do you have no. to work early? Are you no interruptions? If you're up early, no one's going to ring you or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Or? Yeah, it, it's all that. Yeah, I get so. I judge now with the 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 the, the successful working day but how much i've got done done by 9 a.m okay if i've, if I've got a whack done by 9 a.m i mean so what you know I, I, my day <laughs> ian martin my day no but it's really interesting because because uh, also twitter's pretty quiet at four in the morning so you're not tempted to check that either no do you, do you have to turn off social media and stuff to get any work done no because then because i need wikipedia every 20 minutes yeah yeah and uh, or google or something and you said remember stalin you know when when we start when did Stalin actually die? Or you you know uh, 1953. I do happen to know that. Ah, I'm, 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 I am to I'm be working on something. Oh right, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Stalin the sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but um, but it was a great question, and it was and, and, and it's made me look stupid. So, <laughs> so well done, you so win. Well done. As a final question, you couldn't top that. Great. The the black lady on Radio Four Extra, <laughs> I like whose name I can't remember. Lots of stuff and bits and bobs on the internet. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I kind of, it feels like it's something really exciting's going to happen now. Because when you go into like pitching meetings now, I mean, the, 
like Amazon, Sony, Netflix, all those people, they're not looking for like serial sitcoms anymore because they know how people, if you release five hours worth of material, then people are going to watch that in two or three lumps. Yeah, that's yeah. what seems quite exciting to me is writing something that's funny that isn't necessarily half an hour long or, or an hour it's probably like I don't know p possibly 47 minutes long while you're having tea with your missus and then you go to bed or whatever I can't, I can't that's I really know. I tell you what that is a really interesting thought because these guys um, because actually the sort of sitcoms that I tend to like and admire are the sitcoms where you watch one and it's basically the same as last week and it'll be the same next week. And they're not the kind of shows where you want to watch six of them in a row. Right. And actually, if we're moving towards a medium where you've got um, <coughs> big companies dumping huge loads of content and they want you to sit there for five hours and watch it, yeah. you're going to need a pretty flipping brilliant story oh, I'll tell you, yeah. to get them all the way through yeah. that. And actually, therefore, you know, you're not going to want to watch Modern Family for, for three hours. Oh, please, don't even... Don't. They, they beat to the Emmys... <laughs> it's a funny show, but you wouldn't want to watch. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> we finally got that. We yeah. finally got that. Finally, Adam. But yeah. it's oranges a... and new blacks. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I'm, the other thing I'm watching and really loving at the moment is the new season of Trailer Park Boys. I don't know if you watch Trailer Park Boys on Netflix now, season ten, and it's the best. It's like one of the best seasons I mean ever. I absolutely love. Trailer Park Boys, brilliant. Great. Uh, Trailer Park Boys, never heard of it. What a great yeah. recommendation! You've never heard it. It's on no. season ten. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, 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 I saw an advert for it. Okay, I don't have Netflix. We have to finish now. Thank uh, you very much for our fantastic guest. Uh, thank you to Ian Martin. That's all right. Just let that sink in. I don't have Netflix. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you guys for coming. Thank, thank you, Katie, much. for um, your work on producing the show, and thank you very much, and goodbye. Bye. <laughs> 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 we'll have one later.